Welcome into the Field of 68 Network. This is 30 Minutes of Hell with return guest, Big Joe Klein, the number five scorer in Arkansas Razorbacks history. Just think if there would, if there would have been a three-point line back there with me. <laughs> I've been, been number one. And I was it, known it, for my three-point shooting. You didn't know that, did you? Admit I probably wouldn't be like 20 points ahead of you if you were able to shoot three. Or if you played that extra year. I only have three years, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Big Joe, welcome in. Thank you. Uh, before we get started, I have to let you know, since you, as a member of the Boston Celtics, probably remember. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you steal this, that from? This is an actual brick. From the old Boston Garden, my buddy and teammate Guy Whitney stayed with Boston one year. When they went and tore down the garden, he snuck in and he got a brick. How do you – what's the mentality to come back from a coaching and a play mentality to be able to focus, refocus, take what you did from last year, not dwell on the success. Obviously, everyone's patting you in the back. Um, how how – how do you have success again coming back after winning? You know, I, 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 unlike your Kansas City Chiefs, where <laughs> see that right there? That's back to back. How do you bring the success similar to like the Patriots? Well, I think it starts with leadership. I mean, you're coaching and then you're returning players. They have to have a edge to them, they have to have a a grind, uh, uh, not complacent, want more, greedy. Uh, and so I think that's what sets the tone is that you've got to have a, uh, a head coach, which I think Arkansas does and must, which is not going to be satisfied or not going to be uh, patting himself or players on the back about accomplishments last year. And I think they've got – I think Note uh, – Devontae Davis, I think those are two guys that, that you know, are going to be really good leaders for him and, and want, want some more. I think you'll see Jalen Williams kind of – I think he'll start blossoming a little bit more into a leader. Uh, but I, I, I think they've got a good uh, foundation there from a, hey, we got to get to work. We got to right. get, get after it. Uh, we got to have good – you know, nowadays – you. You're bringing in all these new guys every year. I mean, chemistry and figuring right. it out and rotations. I mean, the first two months of the year are really, really important because you you got to have everything figured out as to what, how you want to play, who you want to play, when you want to play them. You better have that figured out by Christmas. Right. And probably one of the things that is an advantage if a coach – is how to do it. And Coach Must is good because of his NBA experience, getting guys you know, on one-year deals, even one-month deals. There is a sense of a good desperation. As we saw last year with Justin Smith, Jalen Tate, those guys knew this is my last go-around. So in a sense, having some new faces, understanding Mike you – know, that's one thing with college basketball, that people – I think that the fans do not – grasp enough there is a time limit on your college basketball eligibility so when they criticize a kid for transferring 
or criticize this. It's like, you don't have another shot, yeah. is it? Yeah. it? So when you bring in some of these transfers, you got to balance between them getting theirs, right? Trying right. to get to the oh, end yeah. and then getting, uh, tapping in, in that hunger of, of, of this is our last team shot to go deep into the tournament. Oh, no doubt. So, well, and I think, you know, a lot of the guys you're getting, like I think uh, some the, the guys that I've got this year at Arkansas, the kid from Pittsburgh is leading – was a – Tony, yeah. I don't know if he was their leading scorer, but he scored significantly. I can never say his name. Amude. Is it Amude? Amude. <laughs> from South Dakota, he was a leading scorer from then. Every part of your Amude. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, just you're bringing in all these guys that were very significant parts of, a, you know, the likes from uh, Miami, Florida. He had the ball in his hands all the time. And, and, and so now all of a sudden you got to say, look, you know, we can't – we're not going to have six guys score 22 points a game and play 38 minutes. It can't, it can't happen. So you got you to gotta mold that into a – cohesive team and you the thing that's good about it is that as you said you know a lot of these guys have one year left so you kind of have them a little bit from that area in that you know my way or the highway kind of thing I don't think it's I don't think it's put that way but I think you kind of you got to buy into what the coach is selling you gotta you gotta find a way to get on the court find a way to get on the court and so if I tell kids all the time, if your coach is preaching defense and rebounding and you don't really like any of that, well, you better figure out how to do it so you'll have a chance to score points because you ain't scoring points if you're sitting on the pitch. So, I mean, you got to kind of you got to kind of find a way. And, and I think the other good thing about I think you're seeing a little bit at Kentucky is that, you know, I think Cal is going from this year on is going to change. I think he's going to start trying to get some older guys in there uh, because, you know, he was bringing in these five, six freshmen every year. And, you know, that's great and everything, but they don't, you know, they don't, they don't get it. You know, right. they don't get it right away. And they're very talented and they can, but they got to learn how to win, how to play as a team. They, you know, they're, they're coming from their high schools and prep schools where they're getting 30 a game and, they're going to roll into Kentucky and get 30 and then they're going to the NBA. Well, when you got six guys with that mentality, you're going to have an issue. And so I think he, the, the, the transfers he's brought in has brought a level of maturity. And I, I think, I think coaches like that. They like coaching older players. So I think as difficult as the portal is, I think for elite teams, uh, I think coaches like it better because it, they're not, they're not constantly trying to make these freshmen into great players in two months. So, you know, you got guys. Our national championship game last year, Baylor. Yep. Yeah, he had transfers. The, the kid, Davion Mitchell, was, was at Auburn. Yeah. He was with Pearl. So, yeah. you're right. It, it, the, it is so rare. The Fab Five at Michigan, Anthony Davis, John Wall of Kentucky, it is so rare. Was that were they together? No, Maybe that I, was you're, you're thinking cousins. Cousins, right? Anthony Davis's team, even even John Wall and Cousins' teams as freshmen had great success. 
it's just so rare. You, you, I mean, to, to have freshmen do it is well, and, and even with Anthony Davis, when they wanted, you had a guy there in Anthony Davis that was once in a generate you know, twenty year, twenty five year guy. I mean, he's a guy that could take six shots in a game and dominate the game, and which right. he did in the national championship game. You know, he he didn't hardly score or do anything, but blocking shots, rebounding, and he controlled the controlled the game. So guys like that. You don't get guys like that very often. I want to ask you about that. Devo Davis, Jalen Williams, brought him up earlier. Devo Davis hits the biggest shot in Razorback uh, uh, history in the last 20 years. No doubt. To take him from the Sweet 16 to probably in the last 25 years, whatever it is, since Scotty shot maybe. Yeah. And he comes out for opening game, doesn't score, doesn't complain. Plays hard. Jalen Williams doesn't put up big offensive numbers. What does he do? Leads the team in rebounding, takes charges, gets five, six assists a game. On those two guys, um, what have you observed from them? And I almost feel like that, that they're a unique sort of basketball kind of – we got kind of lucky, and Coach Musk got lucky with those two guys. Well, the first thing I would say is I know that uh, the plus minus for Davis in that game where he didn't shoot was 19 plus. Ooh, and he didn't even shoot. He didn't even shoot. So, I mean, he had the highest plus minus on the team. So that kind of kind of tells you everything you need to know right there. I mean, he he's doing what it takes to win. I think Jalen Williams is, is that type of player too. I mean, they're very, very unselfish. You know, Jalen might be a little too unselfish. I think they're going to need his scoring a little bit more. But, you know, it, it, that is, you know, just such a refreshing thing to coach. Right. Guys that are just, you know, hey, this is what I need. And they're like, okay, they really try to give it to you every night. And so I, I think you're right. I think they're very unique in that they can have great impacts on games without scoring a lot and of you, points. I did. Alvin Robinson was similar to that. Yeah, I mean he he he'd get ten to fourteen points a game, and you know, but then you he'd have eight rebounds and five steals and you know five assists, and then just his presence defensively, hounding the other guy, the point guard, uh, for the entire game. I mean, the effect he had defensively on his whoever he was guarding was worth five to 10 points right there. So, I mean, it was something that when you played with him, you were like, man, I'm glad that guy's on on my team. But if you were a casual observer looking at a box score, you'd be like, what's so great about him? You know, why is he an All-American? He only had 14 points. Since, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I know Coach Muss and his staff listened to the 30 Minutes of Hell podcast. So, yes, Coach Muss, you did – you you. You, they got, you got lucky getting them, but it's the development of the coaching staff, obviously, helping those guys learn. So definitely growing Coach Muss's system and putting them in the right positions has helped bring out their strengths. Um, I want to talk about another big man, Connor Vanover. We saw him last year, and you you, you know what? He's seven foot three and shoot it. He, he, I, I love the fact he stays around the rim. Obviously, he's long, right. gets the shot, protects the rim. Last year, you saw him come into games – Play a couple minutes. If his shot wasn't falling, he sort of was – Coach Muscle was like, okay, maybe not your day. We'll, 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 we'll see what we got next time. Comes in this year, 
starts the game on fire. Just looks like a guy. He's getting it in the post. Oh, um, great post moves, soft touch, blocking shots, running. What's the development of a big guy? Um, you you were a little bit probably developed earlier, right? You right. came in sort of established already. But for for a lot of other big men, how is that development process go? Well, it's it's harder uh, because normally in high school, if you're my size or his size, you're towering above people. You're not a little bit taller. You're, you know, you're, you're, you know, it's goofy looking to see, you know, see you out there playing with people. So, I mean, you're not really challenged. And then uh, with strength or with size or with people that can athletically do things to you, you don't see it. I think nowadays kids get to see it a little more because they're AAU exposure. They get you know, they get they get in the AAU circuit and they'll see and experience some guys that are that are on their level uh, size wise. But in watching Connor, I mean, I just think he's developed. I think I mean, you hit it right on the head. You, you said he comes in and he doesn't make a couple shots. He comes out and that's where he's got to take the next step. I mean, because people they try to go at him defensively. They try to get him in a pick and roll. They try to get him on the perimeter mismatches and he's got to get to where, you know, he doesn't have to lock people down, but he can't let people blow by him on the dribble. I mean, just straight line drives. And I think that's where Musselman, if he's not making shots, he's very worried at the other end because guys in the posts and guys on the perimeter, even as tall as he is, they get around him and get by him very easily right. and get to the rim or cause help for a pitch to our guys. And so that's where, you know, he, everybody knows he's one of the best shooters on the team. I mean, that's without question. I mean, he can, he can really shoot the ball and he's gotten better being like you said, around the rim. He's a, he can block shots. He can alter shots, but what teams do is, you know, Pat, you know, they're like, well, we're not going to let you stay down there. We're not right. going to let you park under the rim and block shots. We're going to bring you out here on this pick and roll you know, we're going to put a shooter in the pick and roll. And if he's going to get a wide open three or you're going to switch off onto a guard, that's where he's got to make the next step is to where, again, he doesn't have to be able to lock a guy down off the dribble, but just can't give up those straight line drives to the rim that are just, you know, there's no defense. If the guys go straight downhill to the rim, there's no, there's yeah. no zone. There's no, <laughs> There's no man to man. There's no press. There's, there's no defense for that. That's, that's, that's suicide. That's what I think with all of the talk of the three point shot and how everybody wants to be able to shoot it. It still go comes down to me and you watch these teams who win championships. If they don't have a threat at the rim, they're not going to win because you got to threat at the rim the defense sucks in, you're always going to have the three. Right. So it's so crucial to your point about uh, for Connor to be able to at least hold that yeah. dribble trader off the screen, hold him long enough, right, to get help. Uh, yeah. You don't ask him to lock down like Devo. Or just get him offline a little bit and then see if he can shoot over you. See, the thing <laughs> is, is they're not having to shoot over him because they're, they've gone by him. <laughs> <laughs> Just, right. I mean, if he could, if he could just, yeah, yeah. If he could just stay in front of him with with that length. 
I mean, they're not going to score over him. I mean, right. that that's that's I think that's his next step to to going from a spot player to a every day maybe a starter. Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up for Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a two hundred and fifty dollars match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their rush pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, it's more secure, and it's more reliable. Now that basketball season is tipping off, get in on the action at betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And while I got you here, let's talk about the Field of 68 Media Network, where college basketball matters most all year round. This is a digital media and podcast network that we've been building over the course of the last year. We have shows hosted by some of your favorite players covering the program that they love the most. AJ Guyton hosts the House of Hoosier. Eric Devendorf covers Syracuse on the scorer's table. Dan Dickow hosts the Gonzaga Bulldog broadcast. We have Florida's Patrick Young and Duke's Andre Dawkins, and North Carolina's Shimon Williams, and Michigan's Stu Douglas, and Illinois' Deion Thomas. The list goes on and on and on. We have more than 30 shows right now. So hit the links below and check them all out. And while you're at it, make sure that you go check out the Field of 12 Media Network, your home for college football. So for you, Ben, you're a college basketball coach, obviously played. NBA played. Um, what is – I'm just going to kind of give you a broad question on the NIL deal. And just so – I could have made a fortune, Pat. <laughs> Are you – No, you would have – trying to get one right now. I'm trying to get an NIL right now. Hey, I'm just kidding, NCAA, but I joke with some of these kids like, oh, man, you got to work for that money now? They used to just give it away back in the day. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, NCAA. Um, so there's obviously pros to it, oh, yeah. right? There's great, great things to this. And I'm just kind of curious of how, what you feel the pros and cons are from all perspectives of every level of basketball you've been on. Um, I still think we're in the wild, wild west version of it. Uh, but I, I like it, I think. Um, by the way, did you see the kid from Kentucky? Yeah, got a Porsche. He got a Porsche. <laughs> yeah. When I go to – I'm going to see if I can rent that for, from him for a day when I go do their game. <laughs> Don't think I could – I probably couldn't get in it, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was like, man, that, that's a lot nicer than my beige four-door Impala that I had. <laughs> so, sorry to interrupt, but you were saying no. – No, I mean, I I think, and that's when I, that's when I kind of say the wild, wild west. I mean, that's, you know, that's a lot to be given a kid at 18, but again, the the amount of money that's being made, the salaries that these coaches are getting, uh, and I'm all for it. I mean, I, 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 but again, you can't have, you know, five, $6 million, $7 million coaches. And then, had these absurd rules that they had as little as five years ago where you, you couldn't give your players snacks after the game or, you you know, it just, it was absurd. And, right. and so I think 
them having ownership of their likeness uh, and having the ability to market themselves. Uh, that's the American way, man. I mean, that's, uh, I, again, I think at some point there's, there's going to have to be some kind of commissioner or there's going to have to be some kind of governing body that kind of, that they put a committee together with a, with a commissioner or something that's going to have say over things, you know, because I mean, it could, it could get really, really, you know, some of these boosters and some of this stuff, it could get, it could get, it could get. I'll say, I'll say this, Joe, like, uh, just now I've been thinking about it. So there, there were a lot of players that I played with. I'm sure you played with. I'll say one, Derek Hood. Derek was a workman's mentality. He wanted to go to class, go to practice, eat in his bed to get rest. He didn't want anybody bugging him about nothing but school and basketball. Yeah. If you him and say, Derek, you could make a couple hundred dollars doing this. He, he may, you know, he may do it, but if it's going to conflict with anything that he had already, I mean, he was his a routine. Yeah. He's like, man, get, you know, I, I got, I got, I got my stuff. I got to. So, and then I think there are kids who get the personality for it. So I guess what I'm saying is when, the impression people get is it's going to, it's going to wreak havoc and distract kids. I, I think there are a lot of players who are like, I get all the gear I want. I get all the food I want. I get stipends and, and monthly money that they give them. Now I just want to relax on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. On, I got everything I need. So I, I think sometimes people may assume it's going to be like this big thing where some guys, yeah, it's just like the pros in a way. I mean, you're higher profile guys, you're Brady's, Mahomes, and you know, Bird and Magic, Jordan. Those guys, those types of guys that are on the at the top of the food chain as far as their team or their sport. You know, they're gonna have to deal with some maybe other things uh, that you know, the role players and things don't have to deal with. And so, I mean, I, I think when you first hear it, you go like, oh man, every guy, every kid's going to have endorsement deals and get paid. And, and it's, it's right. not that way at all. It's going to be a lot like it is. I think I heard a uh, muscle men talking about it. It's like, it's just like in the pros, you know, this guy over here is making, you know, $13 million a year. And I got a guy over here making 500 and he's got, you know, uh, endorsement deals and he's the star and he goes, you know, there's, there's a pecking order. There's a, there's going to be a, you know, uh, as there is in everything, there's going to be a, 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 an order to who gets what because of what they do. And that's, you know, like, like I, you and me, I mean, we can't, we can't make Jimmy Dykes money, you know, and I can't make your, I can't make your kind of money, but. First of all, is Jimmy Dykes really sponsored by Lululemon? I mean, come uh, on, Jimmy. Open that up for us, Jimmy. He's big time, man. He's got he, he's doing so, books. He ain't got time for you and me. He's got he got books going on. Lululemon happening. I mean, he's he he's he, he, he ain't got time for us. When you were with the Celtics in '88, where was your pecking order? Right, right, right above Wayne LeBeau, the equipment manager. <laughs> <laughs> Just and what about Ed? Were you, were you a Ben Lassert? 
Uh, wait, nah, Ed, Ed was Ed took care of everybody, so I think I might have been below him. Because, like, I mean, I couldn't tape. If I could tape ankles, I would have been above him. I couldn't tape any ankles. So we had we, we had to have Ed. We had to have Ed. We couldn't survive without Ed. <laughs> um, so looking forward to this season, you mentioned you're doing SEC Network games. you got at Kentucky. And I do. I got actually a couple games at Kentucky early on. Just from what you've seen of the SEC overall, I think – Last I checked, Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, top 25. Yep. Florida actually, I think, just got in the recent top 25. Yep. What's uh, your overall impression? You've been following the league, obviously, for decades. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, just, I think it's a lot like football, man. It's, it's, it's loaded. I mean, you're, you're talking about uh, – a team, you know, we didn't mention Mississippi. Well, they got a pretty good coach in Kermit Davis. Yeah. <laughs> going to be, be right there for uh, – Howland. Right there in the term. Davis, some great yeah. transfer. Ben Howland, you know, the legacy. What he's done at UCLA and at there. I mean, just, you know, Will Wade always seems to have talent. And, and, and I mean, you know, Tom Crean's not a bad coach either. And, you know, Frank Martin's been to a Final Four. So, I mean, and those are the guys we – we're not even talking about, you know, and so I just think it's going to be a lot of tight games, a lot of great. Uh, I don't think there's a clear cut uh, right now to where you, you can sit back and go, it's Alabama or it's Kentucky or it's this. You might have a inkling. I think it's going to go that way. Or if this happens, this, that maybe this will work out. But I mean, it, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a grind, but it's, you know, you know, it, it always is. Yeah. It's going to be another competitive year. I, I mean, I can see four teams in contention oh. in the SEC. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we had, like you said, that we're not even having in, the, in that yeah. top. Yeah. Have a chance. Yep. Yep. I got to say big Joe, you look great. <laughs> Dana definitely did you hear fantastic. Got, this I got the hind tight yesterday. I got my, li got my lines. got it lined up. Looking Just good, Sam. I like the goatee. Yeah. Uh, everything good, man. I appreciate it. Thirty minutes hell. Was it? Was it? Was it that bad? Second time around? No, nah, it was more like heck this time around. First <laughs> time it was hell. But before we before we go, I got to get your picks. The AFC Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to show this podcast this week. So I want you to tell me who's in the AFC Championship game in the NFC Championship game. Well, I'm, I'm 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 riding up with my Chiefs. I mean, I, I think they're I think they're going to figure it out. Uh, I think it's a lot more wide open than people think. Um, man, Tennessee lost Derrick Henry, so I think that's going to be a blow to them. Hey, the uh, page, please just say I know you don't want to. Just no, nah, no, nah, I can't. I'm a, I I tell you what, I like how they're going though. They're they're, yeah, they're, they're going in the right direction. I'm gonna stick with uh, Kansas City, Kansas City, and Buffalo in yeah. the AFC Championship game, and then I I think it'll be Dallas, Ooh. Dallas and LA in the NFC Rams. You're all, you're 50 correct. Tampa, <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay gonna yeah. get done again. I'm 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 ready for them to go away. 
Hey, he's 45. He'll get him like 45, okay, Joe? So he'll get him he'll get him close, but I think this this year his luck will run out a little bit. It's not luck. Your buddy Larry Bird, his great quote, the harder he works, the luckier he gets. That's great. By Never introduced me to Larry Bird. Can I? Can we go play round of golf? And- for yeah, for right, you give up some of that money you sit <laughs> on. That some of that studio cheddar. You got all that. No, I got a studio. No, I got a break. <laughs> all right, Joe. I appreciate you, Big Joe. You're the man. Right. Great friend, and I appreciate everything you do. Tell Dana, tell the family that uh, I said hello. Good luck with everything, Pat. We're praying for you. Thank you, brother. Love you. See you, buddy. All right.